are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. Good morning, church family. It is such an honor to be sharing this time with you on this wonderful Sunday morning. Uh, Before I get started, I just want to uh, give a word of thanks uh, for one of the reasons why I'm up here today, and that is because I was part of the Madison Learning Community, which is basically the University of Dubuque Theological Seminary's local campus. I was able to be a part of that group with Melissa Schmidt, who you've heard from, Brenda Moten, who you heard from last week, and you will hear from Marilyn Kritschko, uh, because of the generosity and support of the Committee on Gifts, Memorials, and Bequests. Um, I, I just want to say how much it means to have the support of the church behind you when you're pursuing something new. Uh, so I just want to say thank you for that, and also lift up, lift up my colleagues, Melissa, Brenda, and Marilyn, in that journey. Uh, so thank you so much. So pray with me quickly as we get started. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Today we are looking at an example of a woman in the Bible who is in the right place at the right time. A woman who had been uniquely and perfectly prepared by God to step up in a crisis moment with courage to save her family and her entire community. The story of Esther provides an example of what happens when one hears and heeds God's call to action. It's a story of a woman who had the wisdom to understand the right thing to do in the right moment, knew how to leverage her influence for good, and had the courage to act. Now, some of you may know the story of Esther really well. And some of you, like me, as I was preparing this sermon, may not have had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with the book. No matter how you're coming to the scripture today, I invite you to listen carefully to the circumstances in which Esther found herself and how God, though never mentioned in the book of Esther, is behind the scenes to save the Jews from destruction by exalting Esther as queen of Persia, all the while directing each of Esther's steps. Now, Esther's family was among the Jews taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. The Jews remained in Babylon when the Persians took over the area. Esther's only remaining living family was her uncle Mordecai, an officer of King Xerxes under a set of very strange circumstances where the king decided he needed a new queen, Esther, in a literal beauty contest, culminating after 12 months of living in the king's harem, vied for and won the position of queen. Esther's uncle Mordecai, her stand-in parent and only living relative, advised Esther to keep her Jewish identity a secret as queen. In the meantime, King Xerxes elevated a man named Haman above all Persian princes. 
All workers for the king were required to pay homage to Haman and bow down to him. Esther's uncle Mordecai, an officer usually positioned at the king's gate, exercised his personal agency and Jewish faith and refused to bow down to Haman. Haman was offended by Mordecai's unwillingness to show homage. Um, and Haman's ego could not handle that Mordecai would not be controlled by this edict. Shortly after Xerxes crowned Esther as queen, Haman set an evil plot in motion. He informed Xerxes that the Jews weren't keeping the king's laws and were a threat to his kingdom. Xerxes allowed and supported Haman's genocidal plan to kill the Jews in Persia. When Mordecai found out, he was deeply devastated. Esther became aware of his distress and communicated with Mordecai from the palace to the gate via a messenger, one of her eunuchs. She was concerned about her uncle as she heard that he had torn his clothes and was wearing sackcloths and ashes while walking around the city wailing loudly. Mordecai communicated back to her about Haman's plot to destroy her people, the Jews, and he urged Esther to go before Xerxes to seek mercy on behalf of her people. Esther resisted, fearful, saying that the king could kill her if she appeared to him with a request without being called in for the king, by the king. Mordecai's response to Esther is our key scripture today. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will come from another place. But you and your families, your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for a time such as this. In the world today, I see a lot of indifference. I see a lot of apathy, a lot of turning away from the problem. We see mass shootings in the news on an almost nearly daily basis. We see rampant, seemingly unabated racism in our communities. And just two weeks ago, our planet faced the four hottest days on record. We see neighbors systematically working to keep those people, the poor, the hungry, the hurting, out of their neighborhood. We see oppression based on gender, race, sexual orientation, religion, and more. Esther gives us a model of courage in times like these. Here's the hard news from the pews today. In these treacherous, broken times, are we asking ourselves, who knows but that I am here for a time such as this? Uncle Mordecai opened Esther's eyes to her assignment. Before Mordecai told her what was happening with Haman's plot to eliminate the Jews in Persia, she didn't know what was going on. She was in the castle. She was not aware. She didn't understand her power and her position to influence the king to stop it. Mordecai reminded her of the unique agency and influence that she held as queen, a Jewish queen. Mordecai importantly reminded Esther that it was her beloved people who were being attacked. It was directly relevant to her, and she was the only one who could save her people in that time, in that place. It hit home, and it must have been hard news for Esther. This moment, when Esther not only realizes the problem, 
but also realized her unique position to say what needed to be said, to do what needed to be done, is what I call the Esther moment. That moment when you, and only you, are the one who God has called to do what God needs to be done. That Esther moment when we need to ask ourselves, as Mordecai asked Esther, who knows but that I have come to my position for a time such as this. Daryl, Baba Wallace Jr., the only black driver in NASCAR's top racing series, had his Esther moment when he led the charge to get the Confederate flag banned from races in a largely white sport. How did Bubba Wallace become a central figure in the sport world's upheaval regarding race? The killing of Ahmaud Arbery broke his heart, he said, and opened his mind to the urgency of fighting for racial justice. Not long after came the murder of George Floyd. According to the New York Times, Wallace sent a text to other top drivers telling him that he was frustrated that so many of them had been silent about it as people protested around the nation. A series of horrific, heartbreaking, and devastating events, the killing of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, caused Bubba Wallace to speak up. He found his voice, even as other NASCAR drivers in the sport stayed silent. For many years, since age 13, Wallace's public comment was that although he acknowledged he was the first and only black driver at his level at NASCAR, that he would enjoy the journey and stayed silent at the sight of the Confederate flag displayed in his presence. After the death of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, Wallace said that he finally believed the Confederate flag should not be flown at NASCAR races because it represented hate, not heritage. Two days after telling CNN that, and hours before he raced his number 43 Chevrolet with Black Lives Matter emblazoned on it, NASCAR banned the flag. My mom texted me just last week to say, God has a bigger plan for me than just being a race car driver, Wallace said, and she was right. This was Bubba Wallace Jr.'s Esther moment. So how can we tell if it's an Esther moment, when we are being called to speak up and act. In scripture, we can see how. One, you have the wisdom to know what to do in the situation, and you have a hard choice to make. Esther had a critical insider information about what was about to happen to the Jews in Persia, given her relationship with her uncle Mordecai. He told her what was going on so she could act from her unique position as queen. Esther saw what was going on, and she knew she had to act. This knowing I have to speak up, do something, and act, to me, is often felt as the Holy Spirit convicting me to do the hard and right thing. What are you seeing that's breaking your heart? How might God be calling you to act? In some ways, this is the essence of the Esther moment. She found herself in a place with a decision to make. Would she or wouldn't she? Next, you have been uniquely prepared by God to do something in this moment, and I emphasize preparation. The conditions under which Esther came to her position were redeemed by what she was called to do in that moment. 
Now remember, Esther won a year-long beauty contest after 12 months of living in a harem. She spent the night with Xerxes, and he chose her. All the while, she was keeping quiet about her Jewish heritage. And yet, God used her. God doesn't waste any of our steps. As traumatic and as difficult as these steps might be, God does not waste them. It may be an Esther moment if you find that you have unique positional influence and empathy to make a difference. You get it. Esther was in the right place at the right time. She was queen. She was Jewish. She had positional influence and empathy with the persecuted that no one else had in her position. What positions of influence and empathy do you find yourself in? Are you a grandparent? that has special influence and can say important words to your grandchild that only they will hear from you? Are you a neighbor who understands more fully the challenges of homelessness in your community? Have you been through a pain yourself, come out on the other side, and have deep, deep empathy and something to offer? And finally, it may be an Esther moment if, with God's help, you chose to speak up and act with courage. In that moment, when Esther found herself in a place with a decision to make as to whether or not she would act courageously, Esther was afraid. She resisted. But ultimately, she had the courage to do what she was called to do. She said in Esther 4.16, if I perish, I perish. I imagine that she eventually came to that, I have everything to lose if I don't do this feeling created by that call to action. So now I want to share a personal story about one of my Esther moments. This one is specifically for the young people listening today. As a young kid, and for as long as I can remember, I always found myself drawn to the kids that had no one to play with at recess, the ones who were last picked for dodgeball, and always seemed to be alone. The truth is, I could relate, and we were kindred spirits. Jimmy was one such friend of mine. He was always alone, always an outcast. I was drawn to him. Over time, we became math partners and reading partners. And one day, in fifth grade, Jimmy confided in me that his parents were physically abusing him and asked me to go with him to tell our teacher. My heart broke. I can still feel it. After the bell rang at the end of the day, we went up to the teacher and told her the situation. She basically brushed us off and said something to the effect of, I'm sure they aren't really hurting you, Jimmy. Heartbroken and angry, I devised a plan to get the teacher's attention and get her to do something. The following day, without sharing the details of Jimmy's situation, I quietly organized the class and got them to agree to stay in the bathrooms and not come back to class after lunch until the teacher agreed to help Jimmy. <laughs> Twenty-five of us stayed in that bathroom in fifth grade. Teachers started coming down to the bathrooms, telling us to get up to the classroom 
We didn't go. When the school counselor finally came down to see what was going on, I told him. He agreed to help Jemmy. You see, in that moment, I had special influence in that school. I knew that staging a class sit-in in the bathroom would have no consequence for me, but could possibly help Jimmy. You see, my dad was the school superintendent. <laughs> yes, I knew I had positional influence. I knew my dad was in charge, and I knew I had to help Jimmy. He asked me because he knew I would help, and I didn't care if I got into trouble. I was 11 years old, and God gave me an Esther moment. Yes, my dad asked me about what happened, even as recently as a couple years ago. I never gave any details about it, but just that Jimmy got help. Though there is zero mention of God in the book of Esther, my read of this book, and several other theologians read, indicate that God is all over the Esther story. That God placed Esther in this place, in this time, for a very specific reason. The problem came. Esther's purpose and the reason for her journey and position were revealed. God used her. She realized that it was her problem to solve and courageously used her position and influence to do something and was willing to do whatever was required, saying, if I perish, I perish. She had the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. I encourage you to take comfort in the scripture that we looked at today. It's hard news, yes but it's good news. To see what you have been uniquely prepared for and positioned by God, to see, hear, feel, and have courage to answer God's call in your own Esther moments. Speak up. Do you feel your heart prickling when you witness racism? Do you feel your heart breaking when you see hurting people? Is there something going on at work, at school, in the mission field, or at home? where you have a unique position and influence to make a difference, to make it better. Two, with God's help, redeem a situation. There's a reason your heart's breaking. There's a reason you have a pit in your stomach. This could be an Esther moment for you. Take heart. God has prepared you for this moment. So let's pray. Who knows, Lord? but that I have come to my position for a time such as this. Give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it with love. Amen.